Maud Stainton was feeling discontented. It was not something she was used to. She had no truck with feelings, her own or anyone else's. They were a self-indulgence. Likewise with illness. Admitting to feeling unwell showed a lack of character. There was no excuse for it. She was the eldest child of the 8th Earl of Leek, brought up at Corbin Castle, a crow-haunted granite fastness in a windswept part of Northumberland, where you had to be hardy to survive. Her father had been a distant and rather frightening figure, her mother, she remembered, as always either pregnant or in childbed, a faded creature who had given up the struggle and died as soon as, after three daughters and several miscarriages, she had presented the Earl with a live son. Maud, then aged eleven, had been forced into the position of mistress of the house and mother to her siblings. Responsibility had forged the iron at the centre of her character. There had been no room for softness. Her father had never hidden his disgust at having three daughters before the required son, and Maud understood early that they could only redeem themselves by making good marriages. Victoria, the youngest and prettiest, had secured the Prince of Wittenstein-Glücksburg. Caroline, the sweetest-tempered, attracted Sir James Manningtree, who, though only a knight, was one of the richest men in London. Maud was the plain one of the three, but a forest girl might look as high as she wished. She hoped for a duke, but when the time came, there weren't any dukes or marquises of the right age. Still, William Fairburn Louis Tallant, 5th Earl of Stainton, had a good pedigree, a fine country seat, Ashmore Castle, and a large estate. She had married him, run his house, borne his children, and occupied the position in society that was her due. Willie Stainton was everything an earl should be in public. Maud knew nothing of his profligacy, his mistresses, and his gambling, and only when he died, suddenly on the hunting field, did she learn he had left the estate near to bankruptcy. Her elder son, Giles, had inherited the debts along with the title, and to recoup the fortunes of the estate, he had married an heiress. Now that heiress was Countess of Stainton. Maud didn't like it. There couldn't be two Lady Staintons, but there were, and she was not the important one. It was over the Christmas season during two weeks with all the family gathered that the discontent had crystallised. She had lost her place in the world. Willie Stainton, damn his eyes, had made her a dowager. She didn't know what to do with herself. This morning, just after New Year, she examined the faces around the breakfast table. Her eldest daughter, Linda, had come for the season with her husband and two children. Linda was tall and plain like her mother and growing scrawny. She was shoveling away a second plate of kedgeree as if she hadn't eaten for a week. Linda's marriage to Viscount Cordwell had been arranged by her father, who had not asked enough questions. The extent of the Cordwell's estates, indebtedness, had not come to light until it was too late. Gerald Cordwell was a pleasant, likeable man, but niceness buttered no parsnips. He had proved ineffectual in rescuing his fortunes, and Linda spent every waking moment scheming how to be anywhere but at home manor, his dilapidated seat. 
Maud despised them both. At the far end of the table, her second son, Richard, home from soldiering in South Africa, was chatting to his younger sisters, Rachel and Alice, and making them laugh. Everyone liked Richard. Even Maud had been known to smile at him. He had inherited his father's good looks and easy charm. Alice was not out yet, and therefore of no interest to Maud. But Rachel had turned seventeen last summer, and Maud had been intending to bring her out this season but now her plan was threatened. She turned her eyes back to the other end of the table where Giles was reading the newspaper and Kitty was toying with a piece of toast and staring at nothing. Kitty was pregnant and expecting the child in May. If she had wanted to annoy her mother-in-law, she could not have timed it better.